0: looking to live a happier healthier and longer life then this podcast is for you you're listening to the primo wellness podcast the podcast that will help you discover how you can live with more vigor age gracefully and prevent illness listen to interviews with leading professionals on today's new
1: trends and techniques in integrative medicine nutrition health and wellness here is today's primo host Hey, guys, is your primo host, Dr. Paul Primo. I'm sitting here uh, once again on the banks of Bayou St. John here in lovely New Orleans with my good friend and esteemed colleague, Dr. Thomas Ewing. Hey, Tom, how you doing?
0: Hey, Paul. Nice to see you again.
1: All right. It's brilliant to have you here. Thanks so much for being on the show. Really do appreciate it. Of course, it's a real honor. For everybody out there, Dr. Ewing is a board certified urologist practicing uh, here in New Orleans. Also a classmate of mine, LSU Medical School, Dr. Ewing did his fellowship in urology in the joint LSU and Oshner Medical Foundation program. And you did some of your work at, at Charity Hospital.
0: In fact, I was the last class to fully finished uh, training at the old Charity Hospital.
1: That must have been a place where, where you saw really a lot of pathology and have <laughs> uh, probably a few stories to tell as well. Oh, c-
0: certainly. It was a fantastic place to train. You know, Many, many memories there. I finished in uh, June, and uh, two or three months later is when Katrina hit. Wow, and uh, you know, charity's been old. Charity's been closed since.
1: Right. So, for any listeners out there who don't don't know, Charity Hospital was one of the oldest hospitals in the United States. Actually, was the it's the second oldest hospital uh, behind Bellevue in in New York. Was I think Charity was founded. I have it in my notes, seventeen thirty six. Wow. And the Sisters of Charity took over, hence the name Charity Hospital. The Catholic Sisters of Charity took the hospital over in, in 1834, and it, it operated until Katrina, right? That's right. Yeah, until until it got washed out by Katrina, and now we have a shiny new medical school, but without any of the spirit and, and lore of the old Charity Hospital.
0: That's right. That's right. So, the kind of a funny old Charity story for me. The the nurses had a hard time pronouncing my, my last name, which is Ewing, kind of like a baby lamb. And instead... They, they just called me Dr. Urine. And <laughs> after a while, I just stopped correcting them and it, and it really st- stuck. So still a lot of people just call me Dr. Urine. Oh
1: my gosh, that's <laughs> funny. That's a pretty good fit. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, today, Dr. Ewing came in kindly to speak to us about male erectile dysfunction. And it's a problem that affects quite a lot of men. And it can be embarrassing for guys to talk about and tough to sometimes to go, get out and seek treatment. So I asked Dr. Ewing to come on the show today to to give us the, the benefit of his wisdom about erectile dysfunction, the causes, uh, treatments. Um, so Tom, why don't we start by maybe giving your spiel that you give to guys who come in who maybe are having some erectile dysfunction, talk about just how the male er- erection works so,
0: it, it turns out I have this talk probably uh, 10 or 15 times a day with my patients. Wow. Erectile dysfunction s- simply means uh, your erection doesn't work essentially to your satisfaction. In many regards, erectile dysfunction is somewhat universal in that as we age, uh, there is an incremental decline in the performance of our erection. I often tell my patients, you know, the best that ever worked was when it was about 19 years old. Right. And as we age, there's, there's an incremental decline. The reasons uh, for ED are the same processes that affect the rest of our cardiovasculature, Very common problems like uh, high blood pressure, dyslipidemia, or you know cholesterol problems, diabetes, men that uh, currently or formerly smoked are all extremely detrimental uh, to erectile function. Right, and you know so prevalent today.
1: And so uh, I'm assuming that, you know, some of the folks who come into your office who are experiencing problems achieving an erection might actually need to see a cardiologist because, you know, heart disease, these kinds of metabolic conditions can can run hand in hand.
0: Many, many studies have shown that uh, in younger men that already are are showing signs of organic erectile dysfunction do recommend screening for you know, future cardiac problems. Right.
1: So, I, I know you talked a little bit about some of the some of the causes of uh, erectile dysfunction that um, correspond to the causes of heart disease. But there can be some other things that that can cause erectile dysfunction: stress, other. Um, so,
0: in, in, in general, there are kind of two broad categories okay. of, of of ED. There's uh, organic erectile dysfunction, and then there's uh, what we used to call psychogenic erectile gotcha. dysfunction. Okay. Organic dysfunction are essentially blood flow and or hormonal problems, right. whereas psychogenic are, uh, you know, supertentorial or mental uh, gotcha. or anxiety issues right. that can uh, kind of stop an erection in its tracks. Right. And you often have men that have a bit of both.
1: Gotcha. And so for those folks, they probably need to see a mental health professional in association with their urologist because, uh, you know, that, that may require treatment in and of itself. And and things might improve um, after that treatment um, begins.
0: Sure, and and, and w- when I see a, a younger patient, and by that I mean someone under forty or forty five, right. that, that already has you know you know ED, a large component of that is often psychogenic, and they do you know benefit from sexual counseling and lifestyle modification, right. and you know talk to a good therapist. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm assuming the erectile dysfunction in and of itself, if it occurs, can also be a source of stress uh, and anxiety for folks. A
0: hundred percent, Paul. And I mean, uh, in a completely normal guy, once he has, you know, two or three uh, episodes or missteps where, uh, you know, things didn't work like he wanted to, right? yeah, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, you know, what used to be uh, a completely natural, spontaneous, super fun event, right. all of a sudden becomes... You know, incredibly stressful, and that just st- stops it before it even right. starts.
1: Right, absolutely. So, just to backtrack, I know that that sometimes you know I've had conversations with with folks. I can I'm remembering back to my to the days when I rotated on um, urology services as a medical student. Just kind of explaining to patients how an erection happens. Can you can you just briefly give us sort of a layman's understanding of how that process occurs so that we can understand a little bit more about those organic problems that can occur sure well
0: it's a, it's a pretty complicated coordinated uh, reflex you know uh blood flow and then ultimately uh what I consider you know fascinating hydrodynamics in order to get uh, an erection you know satisfactory for for intercourse and you need to have all all aspects of it working for it to you know for it to work right
1: so you have to be in a state of some relaxation that's right right and and then the penis engorges with blood you you generally need to be aroused for that to happen right and the, then and then what's the process of keeping that blood basically where it is
0: so the 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 penis essentially if you uh look at it uh, head on no pun intended but you know in, in cross section there are are three cylinders. the The top two cylinders are essentially the hydraulics. Gotcha. The bottom cylinder is our urethra that we urinate through. Right. The, these top two cylinders, they, they go by the name corpora cavernosum. They are very specialized uh, vascular tissue that in a in the human body lo- looks like a moist, you know, kitchen sponge. Sure. Uh, sure. And the the the, the blood flow uh, after arousal floods uh, floods the corpora, and uh, they have little sort of like back channels that then close to trap the blood gotcha. in the penis. And it produces a pretty remarkable, uh, you know, hydrostatic flow enough for a, uh, you know, an erection.
1: And so hence the, the all of the similarities between erectile dysfunction and say heart disease, because heart disease is all about blood flow to the heart. And so we're talking really about the blood flow and hydrodynamics in the penis, very similar sort of structures.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When I explain and most of my men come to me for organic e d that's probably you know eighty to ninety percent of it. I explain it an erection is you know seventy to eighty percent hydraulics, twenty percent hormonal, mental, and situational
1: right, right. I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe the relationship of of obesity also and and um, erectile dysfunction I remember there was a patient when I was as a medical student on urology who came in. Who was having uh, difficulty uh, having uh, intercourse with his uh, girlfriend, and he was saying that his penis was too small to have intercourse. So we brought him in the exam room and, and uh, did an exam along with the staff member, and uh, this young man had a normal-sized penis, but he had this sort of uh, pad of fat in, in front of his pubic bone, which, which was actually covering... You know, a good portion of of his penis, and and that was the the reason that he was having the problems. It had nothing to do with erectile function or with um you know the, the size of his penis. It was really that he needed to lose weight, and he was very relieved. You know, when we told him, because I, I I'm sure he, you know, he's out there dieting and running, and you know what a good motivation for him. But I I think that there there can also be a relationship between obesity and erectile dysfunction. Isn't that correct?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, just as you said, you know, if you have a, let's call it a super pubic fat pad is, is the way we describe it. That can conceal some or the entire penis. I've seen, you know, men that are so obese that the penis is literally, wow, you, you have to dig it out.
1: Wow, uh, yeah.
0: And of course, as, as you know, obesity, you know, is directly related to diabetes and metabolic syndrome, all of which in and of themselves, sure, you know, are directly related to erectile dysfunction. But, Many many men uh come and you know wish their penis was larger and right. if, if i had right. a, if I had an operation I could perform that would make uh penises larger, I'd be very very busy indeed, sure, but the truth is as you just you said if you lose weight right you, you get some of it back
1: gotcha gotcha and and that does bring us to sort of the treatments for male erectile dysfunction. I know there are commercials out there if you have e d call your your uh doctor about this and that. But it's a broader category of, of treatments than just, hey, take this pill.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and, and first of all, it's, extre- it's extremely common. And don't be embarrassed to talk to your doctor or especially don't be embarrassed to talk to your urologist about it. We, we We talk to patients about it all day, every day. Generally, we start with a quick exam. We listen to you. Sometimes it involves blood work to see if there gotcha. are hormonal problems contributing okay. to it. Right. And stepwise, we generally start with the pills. Gotcha. You know, we do recommend you get yourself in a a relaxed state of mind. Okay. uh, You know, before. We do uh, recommend that you moderate your alcohol. Okay. Before. Sure. And that kind of puts yourself in the best possible setup, you know, for successful intercourse and erectile function. And if if you need some, like, sequentially, we typically start with the pills first. These promote uh, vascular dilation. There are... At least five or six different pills I can think of right now that are on the market. Most also have generic uh, formulations available as well now. The big, the big two or three, there's the Viagra that everyone's heard of. Sure. That's a four-hour pill. And uh, what I mean by that is it's in your system for four hours. Gotcha. You're not going to have an erection for four hours.
1: Right. So you need to take it in advance in of, fact, about of sexual activity. Four, about
0: 45 minutes to an hour before Right. with a, you know a small to medium-sized meal. Right. And then you still need to be aroused. It gotcha. It doesn't just happen automatically.
1: Certainly. I can I can recall when when um that formulation of, of of Viagra hit the market, it it was it was huge. I mean the the sales of of the drug were huge. I'm I'm sure it it changed the the practice of ED medicine quite a bit.
0: It certainly did. We used to put in a whole lot of and I'll get to this as a, as as another sure, minute, sure. In a minute here. We used to do a whole lot of surgery for gotcha. erectile dysfunction and the, the pill, the, the the advent of the uh, the pills for ED, you know, really changed uh, our, our management of the disease.
1: Sure, right. So, in addition to Viagra, there there are other um, well, medicines for, that for that work. Com- a little-
0: the other big class is you know the, the Cialis class, or what it's the generics called Tadalafil. the 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 larger Cialis is uh, essentially a thirty six hour pill. Okay, twenty four to thirty six hours, wow. and again, it's in your system that long. Right. You know, you're not going to have an erection that long. Sure. There's also a, a daily, uh, a small dose version of that available as well. And then there's other drugs like Levitra and anyway, it, it kind of comes down to a matter of, you know, patient preference and affordability. Gotcha.
1: Okay. And, and there, I, I know you see some of those commercials and if you, uh, they talk about erections lasting for, you know, a, a longer period of time, that can also be a problem with, with some of these um, drugs.
0: That's called, uh, we call it priapism. Typically it doesn't happen, you know, in, in, in a, in a normal man, gotcha. From these drugs, people that uh, are patients that get priapism have other conditions that contribute to priapism, like sickle cell, uh-huh. or maybe they've done you know some other uh, non-prescribed drugs.
1: Gotcha. Okay, drugs of abuse or recreational drugs um, might be associated with with that that problem. Sure. sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. In addition to the available medicines that are on the market now, the the Tadalafil, the the Viagra, there still are some surgeries that are performed for folks who that those pills don't work on, so, aren't
0: they? So yeah, that takes us kind of to the uh, the Plan B, so to speak. Uh, the pills work for about seventy percent of men, or they work for some time. Gotcha. Before they stop working for some men. Uh huh. Plan B, I I generally describe as either a product called a vacuum erection device that uh, Engorges the penis with blood, and then you put a band around the base of your penis. Okay. And when you're when you're when you're finished, you take the band off. Right. Or Plan B can involve a uh, injectable medicine that you inject directly into the corpora cavernosa of the penis. Uh, it goes by various names. A commonly used one is called TriMix, and it's a combination of three okay. drugs, all of which promote uh, vascular dilation. Okay. I, you have to figure out the right dose and the right strength gotcha. for each man. So you right. kind of you kind of tailor the treatment, right. and obviously it involves you know educating and uh, getting them over the uh, the fear of you know giving themselves a shot there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm imagining that's a pretty big fear. It's a sensitive area, and you know to to give yourself a an injection is is a stressful thing in and of itself, even if it was in your arm or leg. But uh, I think that that would be a little scary. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. But I, I explained to men that you know I'm going to show you how to do it. You know I'm a nice guy, and I mean it's kind of a small price to pay for some good sex.
1: Right, I got you.
0: But yeah, there are some men that are just completely needle phobic. They, they they do sell little auto injectors to try to take away some of that, uh-huh. uh, okay. that. that fear. Right, but there are some men that that are so needle phobic, or just have ED so bad that uh, even the the injectable drugs don't work. Right, they they, they there is a little tiny. It's a suppository, if you will, that you put in your urethra. That's out there too. Huh. It's not used that much anymore, but it was used uh, fifteen or twenty years ago. Right. Some. So when when uh, Plan B uh, is not working for you, yeah, we talk about Plan C. Plan C is surgery,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and surgery is we, we put in uh, it's called a penile prosthesis. Okay, uh, it literally is where we uh, we 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 essentially ream out your own hydraulics. And put in either, uh, you know, an inflatable cylinder right, that's filled right. with uh, sterile saline, or in some cases, a, a kind of semi-rigid, malleable rod, kind of like a, a little gumpy doll.
1: Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's an inflatable penile prosthesis, and then a uh, a semi-rigid.
1: Gotcha and so the inflatable ones have maybe a little reservoir where the 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 fluid
0: that's right the, yeah the inflatable ones yeah there are a couple of different techniques to put it in, but what they what they all have is they have a a reservoir that we can hide under uh your your muscles or somewhere gotcha. else in your in your pelvis yeah and and then there's a a pump to activate and to deactivate the device gotcha
1: gotcha okay
0: whereas the semi rigid essentially doesn't have any of the fluid plumbing, right? And it's uh, it's kind of like a kickstand. It's either up or it's down. Gotcha, gotcha. And you, you put those in certain selected patients that either uh, lack the ability to handle an inflatable okay. or right.
1: Now you know I saw an interesting documentary. It was about plant based nutrition and and the benefits of plant based nutrition. I was I don't know. I was just flipping through and I and and it was very interesting. I I really enjoyed. I learned a lot. But they had an interesting study that they did, uh, sort of non-scientific. They took uh, a group of young men. They fed them a animal-based meal, you know, chicken, I think it was, or, or a steak or something. And then they measured the quality of their erection when they sleep, because men do get uh, erections uh, throughout the night. And then they fed them a plant-based meal. I think it was uh, like the same taco, maybe with black beans instead of the chicken or something like that. And quality of the erections were better in those men if they ate the plant based meal versus meat, an animal um, based meal. And that I thought was fascinating. Well,
0: and well, what you're getting at there is that kind of the most powerful or potent medicine that we have is our food.
1: Gotcha. Right. And and I, w- I would assume that the, the same benefits that plant based diets have over meat based diets for, the reduction of cardiovascular disease and cancer risk would be the same for erectile dysfunction that's right right and that and that i think has been proven out in actually some studies in men uh, fed both of those diets
0: well certainly the you know the, the men i see uh, with ed typically tend to have uh, typical high blood pressure you know high cholesterol some obesity and or diabetes Right, I don't see too many vegan triathletes
1: with, with <laughs> right, ED. Right, no, I, I get you. I I think that that's uh that's well put. So in order to prevent ED, so you know doing things that can promote health and certainly improve um, erectile function, what we're what we're talking about then is a reduction of stress and anxiety maybe, um, you know, yeah, going to see your mental health professional, if that's something that, that, um, causes you a problem. And then all of the things that we do to improve cardiovascular health, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Stop smoking, moderate your alcohol. And there's a direct relationship between alcohol intake and the inability to have, uh, erection in that case. You've
0: you've heard of whiskey dick, huh? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what that is.
1: Right. So moderate alcohol, no smoking, Healthy diet, exercise, all those things can improve function. Yes. All right. So, great discussion, Tom. I really appreciate it. And we're going to pivot here. And I've asked everyone who's who's been on the show to give us one piece of wellness advice. Something that you know you maybe a mistake that you see people making in their health, their wellness. Maybe something that they could add to their routine that that would make a difference. What do you think is sort of, you know, from your perspective, kind of one great piece of wellness advice that you might give?
0: Sure. Well, you know, as as doctors, you know, we we uh, are expected to, you know, essentially dispense pills or write prescriptions, and or in my case, also perform surgeries. But it, it's it's the uh, to me the, the the true secret lies in uh, good diet, good sleep, and move every day. Gotcha. And if you enough of the three regularly, right. The other problems either never occur or simply go away.
1: Certainly. All right. Advice, um, certainly, that I need to take uh, better heed of. Yeah, But Tom, really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having Uh, me, Paul. It's a real pleasure. That was a great discussion. I I think a a lot of people will um, get a lot of good info. I'd like to tell everybody out there, if you can like, subscribe, uh, share the podcast. I appreciate it spread the word. Dr. Tom Ewing, thanks once again for being on. You guys have a great day and see you next time.
0: The Primo Wellness Podcast is proudly sponsored by Spa Domo. Visit spadomo.com.
1: This episode of the Primo Wellness Podcast has ended. But your journey towards living
0: a happier, healthier, and longer life continues. Make sure to subscribe so
1: you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening.